The wisdom that is from above is first pure, it's then peaceable, it's gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. So tonight we're going to be looking at good fruits. But again, I share this every week and I, I'm reminded of it and I like to be reminded of it. It's a quote that we started with when we began this study that the Jews' true wisdom was not so much intellectual but behavioral. And we're going to really hone in on that tonight. The kind of wisdom a person possesses will be revealed by the kind of life he or she lives. Listen, we are living in a world around us right now that it is not so much about um, behavioral. It's all about the intellectual. It's what I know. And yet it doesn't matter how I behave. You know, it's, it's all about, you know, what I know. And again, it, that just goes contrary to the word of God. It is about our behavior. And nowhere is it, to me, is it demonstrated even more than in the marriage relationship <laughs> because we see each other, we're with each other, you know. Uh, talking to, to Pastor Jeff today, and he was saying that, you know, after 40-something years of marriage that, you know, you know each other so very, very well and how you're thinking and what's going on, and you can read each other very, very well. And so, um, again, but how is it that we are behaving? Full of good fruits, every sort of good work or deed. He demonstrates his genuine faith by his authentic good works. A believer is known for doing good, a hunger, a thirst for righteousness, benevolent and kind actions. And again, I like the fact that it tells us good fruits and not just good fruit. It has an S on the end, which means it's more than one. James is expecting there to be a lot of fruit within our lives, not just one. I, I find it interesting that we think oftentimes, especially in marriage, that our one good deed is enough. Uh, you know, you know, it's going to we can we can think, well, I put a roof over her head and I put food on the table. She can think, well, I wash your dirty underwear and I make your bed. And, and we can think that our good deed is what it's really all about. And yet it, it's it's not about the deed or the duty, but it's about love. It's about the work that God wants to do. And it's about fruit within our lives. And again, listen, fruit is never for itself. It's always for others. I have a, we have lots of fruit trees in our backyard. You know, we had the, uh, our avocados were all done and now we have mangoes that are going and stuff and, and, and things. And so they're getting ripe. And, and yet I tell you what, I love enjoying the fruit from my tree. Now, the fruit tree doesn't produce fruit for itself. It produces for others. Unfortunately, in our case, the raccoons and the squirrels, they eat a lot of that fruit as well. But it's it producing. And yet I've never heard the fruit trees complain that it has to produce fruit. The fruit trees are just doing what they were created to do. They were created to do. Did not Jesus say, if you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit again are we abiding in him and what is the fruit that is seen within our lives um, if you got your bibles open you can open up to james chapter 2 i just want to kind of read um, because he really walks through this whole thing about fruit or or works as he would put it but in james chapter 2 verse 14 it says what does it profit my brethren 
If someone says he has faith, but he does not have works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warm and filled, but you not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, James says, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and yet they tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works, faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham, he believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the hearted also justified by works when she received the messenger and sent him out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Again, when Jesus said there in John 5 or 15, 5, he who abides me and I in him bears much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. He's saying the very same thing that James is saying, that our faith should be seen. There should be conduct. There should be actions within our lives that declare we're abiding in Jesus, that there is going to be much fruit produced within our lives, that we have that trellis in place, as we've been talking about. Every one of these is a trellis, and the trellis is there to allow for there to be amazing fruit, that the fruit would not be ruined, the fruit would not be spoiled. And this is another trellis that we have that we can put in place, as James would tell us. And so wisdom in marriage is seen by our good fruits. We'll start with the ladies. Amen. Okay, um, so... um, A quote I read, it said, the wisdom of God produces peace, harmony, and good deeds. And that's exactly kind of what we've been talking about all of these weeks. And that is, I I love that scene, I think it was Pastor Chuck that said, because that's the only place that you're going to find peace and harmony and good deeds is when you are walking in the wisdom of God. And it's kind of a quote we need to put over our halls of Congress and um, all of our leaders and because they're looking in all the wrong places to try to create peace, to try to bring harmony, to try to instill good deeds. And yet the Bible tells us that those things come only through the wisdom of God. So ladies, last week we were challenged as women and as wives to be full of mercy. And so I kind of had the mantra of, what are you full of? And so tonight, we get to continue on with part two of, what are you full of? Why? Because it, it wasn't just mercy. It was full of mercy and good fruits. Um, because as we are going to see, whatever we are full of, it's going to show and it's going to grow. If we want to be women that are walking in the wisdom of the Lord, not only do we need to be full of mercy, but also Good fruit ought to be what others see in our everyday lives. Not just something that we do on Sunday when we come to church. It should be a part of our everyday life. You know, even as Pat was using the analogy of a tree, it doesn't, the, the fruit doesn't just pop out when you're walking outside like, ooh, look at me, look at me. And then when you go away, it hides under the leaves. No, the fruit is there for all to see. And that's how our lives ought to be as well. When you looked at some of the other versions, it said, full of mercy and good fruits, 
the fruit of good deeds, full of compassion and kindly actions. I like that. Overflowing with mercy and blessings. That was one of the versions. So good deeds or good fruit would be the same as blessings from the Lord. And I have to ask myself, is that what I am full of? Is that what others see in me? Good deeds, kindly actions, blessing, is that what my spouse sees in me? And every day, not just when I'm trying to be on my best behavior, because that's what a wise wife is full of. Colossians 1.10 says this, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. That is the call for us tonight as women and as wives, that we would be fruitful in every good work. We would be fruitful in the things that we do and that we would be increasing in the knowledge of our Lord. Another version read that same verse in this way. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. Again, I love that whole concept because when we live and walk in the wisdom of God, not only does it honor him and please him, our lives are going to produce good fruit. Every kind of good fruit, that verse said. And it's not something we have to work really hard at. As we walk in Jesus, as we abide in him, the fruit is a natural byproduct of that relationship with the Lord. Good fruit, I kind of honed in on the word good. And that word good, it means benevolent, profitable, useful. Again, is the things that I do and say and the way that I treat my spouse, are those things good? Are they profitable for our relationship? Are they useful for our marriage? Or is the way that I talk and act and the attitudes I have not good and unprofitable and harmful to our relationship and to our marriage? In the book of Acts 9.36, it talks about a woman. It says, in Joppa, a certain disciple, her name was Tabitha. And this, this is the description of this woman. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. She was always doing kind things for other people and helping the poor. And again, we have to look at that, and that's the standard. That's God's standard. And for us as women, as wives, we need to say in our homes, in our marriages, Am I full of uh, good works and charitable deeds, which I do in our marriage? Am I full of that? Or is it just every once in a while like, oh, wow, I kind of had a bad day. Better be nice to him tonight or something like that. No, is my life full of that? That's what the Lord would have. Wouldn't our poor hubbies be so blessed if we were full of good deeds and always doing kind things for them? Sadly, I have to say quite often that's not true. That's not what my, my heart is always full of. And in Titus, I don't know if you remember way back when we were in Titus a few years ago, remember this verse, Titus 3, when it said, remind them, so I'm reminding you because the Lord reminded me to be ready for every good work. Oops, that's what we're supposed to be ready for every good work. Now, again, I was thinking, am I ready for every good work or am I ready to say what work I want him to do or the way that I want him to do it? But Titus reminds me that I need to be ready for every good work. Warren Worsby said, people who are faithful are people who are fruitful. God's wisdom does not make life empty, it makes life full. And that's the whole picture here. When I am faithfully abiding in the Lord, faithfully following after Jesus, I am going to be fruitful. It's going to be a natural byproduct. Again, that word good, um, in Luke 
chapter 10, verse 42, when you look at the story of Mary and Martha, I know you probably remember that story. They kind of had a little, um, well, they didn't have a quarrel. Martha was having a problem with Mary because Mary wasn't helping, and she was sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to what he was saying. And yet, listen to what it says in Luke 10, 42. And this is Jesus when Martha's kind of complaining, hey, my sister's lazy, get her out here. And Jesus says, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. What was that good part? It was good to choose to sit and hear from Jesus. Um, as Pat quoted in John 15, 5, Jesus tells us, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him will bear much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. But the key is we need to abide in him. Then the fruit will come. Ladies, when we walk in godly wisdom, we make the choice to abide in Jesus. That's what walking in wisdom is, is the choice that I need Jesus. I don't need the, the wisdom of this world. I don't need to do it on my own. I need Jesus so I can make it and walk the way you want me to walk. We understand that just like a branch cannot bear fruit by itself, Unless it's abiding in the vine, neither can we have good fruits in our life unless we stay close and connected to the Lord. You know, this week we were up visiting our daughter, and they have uh, a huge garden. They have raspberries and blueberries, all kinds of things. And one thing that I noticed, because our job, one of our jobs to go was to go and help pick berries because they have no time to do that. But one thing I noticed that if I wasn't careful, like I would accidentally break the branch when I was trying to pull off the berry and yet you know my tendency was to kind of stick it back in there like oh, okay we'll still look okay but the reality is like well yeah okay it looks okay but it's not connected the fruit that's left on that branch is going to die it's never going to ripen because I broke it. it it's not connected to the vine and so too for us as as women as we're not connected to the Lord if we're not connected to his spirit we're out there maybe a little broken a little you know kind of hanging there just barely the fruit's not going to ripen the way that the Lord wants it to John 5:16 says this Jesus said that he chose us and appointed us to go and bear fruit and that our fruit should remain I think that's supposed to be John 15:16 sorry but he appointed us to bear fruit. That's what he's appointed us to do. That's our job in life is to bear fruit and that our fruit should remain. The, re the fruit that remains on the vine gets fully ripened. It gets fully sweetened. It, it becomes the fruit the way it's supposed to be. Good, fully ripened fruit that is sweet to taste to the one who partakes. And just as Pat said, it's not sweet for us. It's sweet for the one that partakes. Again, wouldn't our spouses be blessed to see that kind of fruit in our lives? Now, I was thinking now, nowadays, um, much of the world is, is worried about GMOs and, you know, what do they call it? Uh, genetically modified organisms and genetically engineered crops. You, you know, they're worried about the food supply. What, is this natural or is this genetically engineered? And I thought, you know, that's a great application for us as well in this whole discussion of bearing and being full of good fruits. Because as women, we need to beware of being sort of the do-it-yourself, I am woman strong, because what we can fall into is we can be adding our own GMOs, and they're not genetically modified organisms. It's generating my own fruit. That's my GMO. When I try to make the own fruit come in my own life, 
And when I'm trying to be full of good fruit in my own strength, it's just like that broken raspberry branch. I might be stuck in there and it might kind of look, ooh, look, I got a berry, I got a berry. But even if there is a little bit of fruit on my branch, it's not going to last, it's not going to ripen properly, it's not going to be sweet. Or worse yet, it might not even be real fruit. It might be genetically engineered, and it's just a work of my flesh. It's a GMO, generating my own fruit. Don't do that. It doesn't work. That's why Galatians 5.22 tells us, but the fruit of the Spirit is love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it goes on to tell us, and there's no law against any of these things. And when you look at those words for us as women, love, God's unconditional agape love of grace and mercy and forgiveness towards our spouse, joy, having a sweet spirit that's content in the Lord, regardless of what might be going on in my home. That's only a fruit of the Spirit. I can't generate that myself. I can try, but it's going to be a big failure. Peace, harmony with God and harmony with my spouse. Patience, endurance through all of those little small annoyances and even maybe some of the larger issues. We can be have patience with our spouse. Give the, the Lord time to do what he's doing in their lives and not have this expectation of, of perfection from me. Kindness. Being courteous, respectful, and having a loving heart and attitude towards my spouse. Goodness, showing God's good deeds to my husband. Faithfulness, you know, in the Proverbs it says that her husband can safely trust her with the money, with the kids, with the friends that she hangs out with. Faithfulness, being a faithful wife is a good fruit. Gentleness, you know, we looked at that a couple weeks ago, but again, that sweet surrender, that willingness to defer to my spouse, let him be the head of our home as God designed it to be. And the final one is in self-control, being full of Jesus, not full of me, not full of my flesh, in words and in deeds. That's the only way I'm going to have self-control. Again, look out at the world and look at the news for 10, 10 seconds and you can see a lot of people are not full of Jesus. They're just full of themselves, and they completely lack self-control. You know, I thought of that especially for me sometimes is um, with my tongue, too. And so I was reminded Matthew 12, um, 34 is a great verse for us. You just think of Matthew 1, 2, 3, 4, and it says, The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. If I'm not abiding in Jesus, my heart is going to be full of yucky things, and eventually that's going to come spewing out of my mouth. Oh, how we need to abide in Jesus. We need to be full of the Spirit of God. David, uh, Pastor David Guzik said this, This godly wisdom from above can be seen by the fruit it produces. So that's like an indicator, like a warning light for us as women to know, am I, am I walking in the wisdom of the Lord well, is there fruit seen in my life? And if there is, then I can uh, just continue on abiding in Jesus. And if there's not, I need to go back to the cross and get things right with the Lord. Whatever we are full of, it's going to show and, we're, and it's going to grow. I don't want to just think about being a blessing or just talk about how to do good deeds. I want to be full of it. I want to be a life abiding and trusting in Jesus that's full of mercy and good fruits, that looks like kindness and blessing to others, especially to my spouse. Ephesians 5.9 says this, Walk as children of light, or we'll put walk as women and wives of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. 
Amen. Amen. And again, guys, for us, what is seen, what is tasted within our lives by others, but especially by our wives, how do they perceive our actions and deeds? Do they perceive them as things that are good and healthy or do they perceive them as things that are, again, not so good? Um, Oftentimes we'll go to Ephesians chapter five there in verses 17 and 18, um, where it says, um, therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the spirit. And I know I've spoken about this many times. The picture that I believe Paul is painting for us is not so much just don't get drunk with wine, because if that was because he said this is the will of the Lord. And so if the will of the Lord was just, OK, don't get drunk. Well, I've been walking in the will of the Lord for some 40 years and because I've not gotten drunk. Um, and yet I believe that he's saying so much more than that. And again, I, I, I believe that he's comparing the deeds of the flesh and the deeds of the spirit. Uh, you know, and again, if I was to go out and to get drunk, it would look like me taking a substance, putting it in my substance. That substance takes over my body. I begin to do things that I normally wouldn't do. I say things I normally wouldn't say. In fact, if a police officer pulled me over, he would say, Mr. Shore, you are under the influence. And it's under the influence of what? Under the influence of what I have taken and what I have allowed to be within my body. And I believe Paul would be saying that very, very same thing to us. Guys, let's be really, really careful of what we are allowing to come in to influence us. Because he talks about there in Galatians 5, he talks about the fruit of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. Uh, I read it in a different version. I want to read this to you. Galatians 5 uh, verses 19 through 21. He says, but when you follow your own wrong inclinations, your lives will produce these evil results, impure thoughts, eagerness for lustful pleasure, idolatry, spiritual spiritism, which is encouraging the activity of demons, hatred, fighting, jealousy, criticisms, the feeling that everyone else is wrong except for those in your own little group or your own little circle. And, and, and there will be wrong doctrine, envy, murder, drunkenness, wild parties, and all that sort of thing. And let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living habitually that sort of a life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But again, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience or long suffering, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness and self-control. And again, I love it because the New King James says uh, there in, in, in Galatians five that these things are evident. So what is it evident? What is it that is seen within your life? OK, a couple of weeks ago, I come home. My wife looks at me because we have my daughter and her kids living with us and, and, and her husband. And uh, my daughter looks at me and then my granddaughter looks at me. And when my granddaughter finally looks at they call her Gigi and me Poppy. And she looks at Gigi and says, what's wrong with Poppy? <laughs> I could tell you what she was not seeing was love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness and self-control. That is not what she was seeing. She was seeing that Poppy seemed mad. Poppy seemed agitated. Poppy seemed a little frustrated. And, and that, in a sense, that is what was evident within my life. What is evidence within our life? Is it the fruit of the spirit? Now, listen, 
The Bible would say if what is seen is not love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, that it's not okay, that we need to repent, we need to ask forgiveness from the Lord because what is supposed to be seen is not that fruit of the flesh, but the fruit of the Spirit. Men, what is tasted and experienced from the fruit of your marriage? By your wife, by your kids, <laughs> by your mother-in-law. And again, if I can be very honest, the first 15 years of my marriage, I can tell you my mother-in-law did not see the fruit of the Spirit in my life. What she saw was yuck. What she saw was frustration. And I justified all of it. And I turned into God kept trying to bust me and bust me and bust me. And he finally said, Pat, you are a religious Pharisee. You're like a whitewashed tomb. Outside it may look good, but inside you're dead. And there's just yuck inside your heart. And it wasn't until God finally busted me enough and I finally went and I repented to the Lord. I repented to, I went and repented to both my mother-in-law and my father-in-law, to Mary's parents. Because I knew the way in which I was conducting myself, the way in which I was acting, though I wanted to justify it in my mind that I was righteous and right, uh, everything that came out, what they saw was not love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And yet I can tell you this. Listen, when I repented, God did this incredible work. But can I say it wasn't in them. It was in me. It was within my heart. Listen, maybe some of you sitting today and there's yuck between you and your spouse. It's not okay. It's not okay. When we will repent, when we will ask for forgiveness, God wants to take and turn it and use it for something that will bring about much fruit. I have today, I can say honestly, I have an incredible relationship with Mary's parents. And I never had that in the, the first 15 plus years of our marriage. And it grieves my heart now when I think back and look back on that. And yet, why did I wait 15 years? Well, because of my pride because of my arrogance, because I thought I was a, you know, better than them and things. And yet when God busted me, that's when God began to do this work within my heart and with my life. Maybe God is speaking to your heart tonight, man, and, and he's wanting to break you, bust you of some pride and some stuff that's there because you've allowed for yuck to be there. Let me tell you, it grows. It grows. That bitterness, the Bible says that causes that root of bitterness. I was out um, cutting um, trees today or, or like a shrub. And you know what? When I took my saws, I went across the bottom of it. It's a big, long shrub, and I'm throwing it in the truck. I mean, it comes off really quick. But when I got to the roots, let me tell you something. I thought I was going to pass out and die. It does not come up quick. And I only did a little bit. There was a lot of digging and a lot. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this is not going to come out easy. That root of bitterness does not come out easy. We need God to move. We need God to work within our hearts and within our lives. Again, when it comes to the work of the Spirit, listen, guys, we have not because we ask not. Jesus said there in Luke 13, or 11, 13, he said, If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? God makes it very, very simple. It's for us 
to ask. Men, we need to ask the Father to give us everything we need. When I first came on staff at this church, there was a pastor here and he used to tell me every day, Pat, I pray that God would give me everything I need today. And I thought, that's a good prayer and I'm gonna start praying that. And I pray that too now every day. God, give me everything that I need. Would you fill me with everything that I have need of today? Because I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know the people I'm gonna run into. And I want them to see Jesus. I want my wife to see Jesus. I want my daughter and son-in-law to see Jesus. I want my granddaughters to see Jesus and not think that poppy's got issues or whatever that would be. (laughs) Hey guys, James tells us here, wisdom from above is seen within the way we act towards others, but especially towards our wives. Is there good fruit? God wants to produce that within our marriages, that good fruits, the fruits of him moving and working in our hearts and lives. Again, James would remind us, let's be doers, not just hearers. Let's put these things into practice. Let's not allow bitterness, yuck, to be in our hearts, but let's allow God to to bring forth that grace and forgiveness and that we would become what he desires us to be. Amen. Father, we thank you again for your grace and mercy. Thank you as we come again, Lord, just actually simply looking at a few portions of scripture. And yet, God, I believe you want to speak and you want to minister to our hearts. And there's things that you want to root out. There's there's some things there that I I think need a lot of work, you know, kind of like going to the, the dentist in that tooth. There's that root canal, Lord. There's a lot of stuff that has to be done and to go down deep and to to get rid of it all. And I pray and ask, Lord, as we come before you, as we cry out for you, Lord, I don't know about anyone else in here, but I know I need you to fill me. I need you to fill me now. I need you to fill me each and every day. Lord, that what would be seen, what would be evident in my life is your goodness, your grace, Lord. That fruit of the spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Would all of those things be seen? Would that be our desire, Lord, that we want to put up that trellis and allow for the good fruit to be seen, the good fruit to be tasted by others, Lord? Please do this work in our hearts and lives. Do this work in our marriages, Lord. There are so many people that we come in contact with that we affect. And Lord, um, we want to do it in a way that is pleasing to you. And we want them to know that they can taste and see that you are an amazing, good God. So we thank you. We praise you. Fill us. Be with us. Watch over us. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.